Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. Hey, how you doing? Nick James here. What a phenomenal time to be live. Today I'm joined by headline speaker for Expert Empires March 2023, the amazing Denise Duffield-Thomas. Thanks for joining me. Oh my God, Nick. Oh my God. I am so excited to come over. Honestly, I'm thrilled to be coming over to my second home that I miss so much. Thank you for bringing me over. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for agreeing to come over for the first time in a long time, like pre-COVID, I think was the last time you were in the UK, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I've been dying to go back, dying for an excuse. And ah, so here we are. I'm happy to be that excuse or for our event to be that excuse. So for those that don't know you, Denise, I mean, I'm, the reason I'm really excited to have you coming over for Expert Empires, I have heard your name and so many amazing things about you for so long. Um, and for whatever reason, um, whether it was COVID or um, it never quite worked for us to connect. But we know a lot of the same people, of course, in, in the industry. For those that don't know you, you are, as far as I'm concerned, like the queen when it comes to money mindset. That is your bag. That is your thing. So, question. I believe, this is my personal opinion, you might agree or not, I believe that everyone has a threshold when it comes to money mindset. Everybody. Um, Oh, yeah. And the name of the game is really to just raise that bar, like, I think no matter how much work you do on it, there's still going to be a threshold. Like I believe often when I talk about this, I go, look, I reckon like some of the wealthiest people in the world have got a bar. It's just that their bar is much higher than everyone else's. What do you think? Agree? Disagree? What do you reckon? Absolutely. I absolutely. And if we were to break it down, everyone has a threshold of what they think they're allowed to earn in a year in a month, in a day, in an hour, for a keynote, for an hour of their time, for a course, whatever. We all have those thresholds. And actually, that's been my life's work, especially over the last decade, is really looking at those things and digging into them. So, And I'll give you a really perfect example. A lot of people get stuck. One of their very first thresholds they get stuck at is um, when they have to start charging things like VAT. And they just, they might not even be aware of it, but it's this idea that, oh my God, I could get in trouble with the government. Something could happen. And um, so that's a really popular one that happens in Australia too, where they have to register for GST hours. Or another fascinating one is when you get stuck at somebody else's income. Mm. And so it could be your partner, it could be a friend, it could be a mentor. That's a really juicy one where you think that you cannot surpass someone else. And you know what is so fascinating? This is why I love speaking to different groups. I actually did a call recently with a lot of my British clients and we were talking about um, money mindset for for different groups, right? And I said, what is unofficial British value? Queuing, (laughs) right? We love it. (laughs) Queuing. Can't get enough. You love it, right? And so, and this is even this was even before the um, you know the queue of of the century, but we said, well, how is 
this British value, an unofficial British value that everyone knows the rules of, how is this impacting your money mindset? And we were talking about this concept of waiting your turn, Mm. waiting in the queue for your turn. And how does that play out in your life? So for some people, it plays out because of their birth order that they're thinking, I can't surpass my brother, my sister. I have to wait my turn. They're older than me. And then suddenly they're in this business where people are saying to them, the sky's the limit. You can earn whatever you like. But they're going, but I can't. They might have a like a class thing in their head of going, but hang on, I'm not meant to be really wealthy because I have to wait my turn. They might be um, not wanting to surpass a mentor or peers that they started off with in business. And this is all like totally unofficial energetic stuff that they don't even realize is is going on so there's so many angles we can look at this threshold thing through yeah and what's fascinating to me um, as i said at the start i I believe that everybody has a max level and the name of the game is to understand these unconscious beliefs and patterns so that you can address them and then raise that threshold and then you'll probably hit another one um but every time but you know what I love about um, what I love about what I do and the fact that I get to meet people like you and, and host you speaking at our events and interview you. Like, I've never thought of it that way before. And I've been studying this stuff for a very long time. But I've never thought of the unconscious barriers that you might have in place. Um, you, the one that you mentioned is a classic. Like, it's, it, I'd never thought of it before. But like, if you've got a mentor that earns X, unconsciously, you're going to have a restriction on what you believe you're worth at, at that level. Um, and, and as you say, you know, how does the queuing culture in the UK relate to money mindset? Like those two things don't feel like they should be related to one another, but I can see now you've explained it, how, how they really do. So um, same thing yeah. with siblings and partners and all of these things. You're not conscious and aware of them, but they they it makes a lot of sense to me how these can and probably would hold us back. Absolutely. And think of me, right? I live in Australia. So Australia doesn't necessarily have a queuing culture, but ours is more like we're all in this together. Mm. So rather than, oh, cool, we're going to line up behind each other, it's like we're all linking hands and we're going together because we're mates. Yeah. Right. It's the same problem, but just in a slightly different way of going, well, I can't go faster than my mates. We're doing this all together. No one's going to go ahead and no one's going to go behind. So that's another layer of it, uh, of what culture do you come from? Who are you allowed to surpass? But there's something else there. And I remember one of my very first thresholds so, so clearly. Um, Someone paid me to do my first ever speaking gig, right? They call, someone randomly called me up because they Googled speakers in my area. I wasn't even a speaker. And um, they said, we'd love you to come and speak at our government away day. This is like small government, right? And I went, sure. They said, what's your speaking fee? And I said, what's your budget? And they went, it's $500. And I went, what a coincidence. <laughs> That's my speaker's fee, right? You're paying a little bit more than that for me to come to the UK. Just but, a little um, bit, yeah. I, I mean, by the way, if we can go back and do it at 500, we've got a deal for sure. But I don't exactly. think you're quite there anymore. Unfortunately, you've done too much good work on your money mindset. 
Oh, that's funny. But I, I remember I, I said it to my mom. I was so proud. I couldn't believe that someone was paying me money to go and speak. Like, what? This is amazing. And I, I said it to my mom and she said, oh, are they paying you? And I said, $500. And she said, that's my salary. That's my weekly salary at the nursing home. So my mom was um, a nursing assistant at a nursing home. And I felt this wave of shame. And I just thought, I am disgusting. Like, I cannot believe that I'm allowed, like, what an unfair world that we live in. And this is particularly even more so at the moment when, you know, the last couple of years we've been told, you know, nurses and doctors are putting themselves on the the line, especially nurses particularly, and the NHS, and there's still something there, especially for people who want the world to be a better, fairer place. Doesn't that just feel so unfair that we can do things that we love and, you know, we're, we're being told, do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. But what about the shame that comes with that? And we feel like, hang on, this isn't fair. This isn't equitable. And it can really haunt people and it can really stop people from showing up and making more abundance, which creates more and more abundance. You know what? We were just talking before we hit record. I had um, a launch last month. And because of that launch, I donated $50,000 to UNICEF. That is abundance that's come from my imagination, from helping people. Um, and I don't mind telling you, I love talking about money, Nick. Last year, I paid $700,000 in taxes, $700,000. And I grew up on welfare. I am so thrilled and happy to be able to pay back into the system. Yet, guilt and shame is something that holds everyone back at every single level because we think, who am I to have such abundance when other people have to work so hard for it? And that is true. But how is that going to change anything if you hold yourself back? Hey, real quick, if you've been listening to the Empire Builders podcast for any length of time, you'll know that I do not run ads on this podcast and what you should also know about me is that I only partner with companies who I absolutely 100% believe in and so I'm making an exception because of my partnership and my loyalty to Keep. So since 2010 I've been using Keep which was previously known as Infusionsoft to automate all the sales and marketing in my business, deliver world-class experience to my clients, run e-commerce reports, manage affiliates, partners, and loads more. I really believe that Keep is the best CRM on the planet for small businesses, for entrepreneurs that are building their empire. Many of my guests on this podcast use it, and pretty much all of my closest friends in the industry also use it. That should speak volumes. So uh, Infusionsoft recently rebranded to keep K-E-A-P and what they've also done is brilliantly made it even more affordable, even more usable for businesses that are at different stages of their journey. So go and get a free demo. All you need to do is go to keep.com, that's K-E-A-P, keep.com forward slash empire builders. And by using that link, I've negotiated the best possible deal for Empire Builders subscribers. So go to keep.com forward slash Empire Builders. You get a free demo. And when you go through that unique link, 
it means you'll get the best possible deal because you're a subscriber to this podcast. So let's get back to the show. What's interesting is we can we can easily rationalize all these things and understand logically how silly they are. Like for you to go, I paid seven hundred thousand dollars in taxes back into the system that's making an impact, contributing to the economy. Like logically, like you should feel good about that. And and you go, yeah, I should feel good about that. But unconsciously, this is not logic. This is emotion. Emotion brings up these feelings of guilt and shame and all these other things. And that's where I think we, not just you, me, people, hit a block is it's all the unconscious emotional stuff. Um, By the way, I could talk, I could ask you questions about this all day. Something I'm really curious about, we've spoken about the British culture of, you know, you wait, you turn. We've spoken about the Australian culture, like we're all mates, we've got to do it together. Um, I've got to ask about the US culture. How does that differ in terms of money mindset in your experience? Yeah, it's it's subtle, but it's um, one I find my American clients are much more likely just to talk about money and success yeah. in the first place, right? And you and I, because we've probably um, got a lot of our personal development from America, we're probably pretty comfortable with that too, right? So it's totally fine. But what I find is there's some really interesting... What's interesting to me is in certain environments, when I'm around, you're probably the same, other people that have had a similar experience that are that way inclined. You get me around like my mates that I grew up with and we don't talk about money um, because we feel really uncomfortable talking about it around them. They probably also feel uncomfortable talking about it around me as well. And so, like, it's a bit of a taboo. We don't talk about it. So I, I think you're right. The US, um, uh, I guess the society in, the, in America is much more, like, happy to talk about money. Like, I, I was in um, I was in Dubai speaking a couple of weeks ago, um, and that has a much more liberal society, and, and especially regarding your know, money and success, it's kind of respected and championed rather than, like, spoken about quietly. Um, and I was saying to them, like, Imagine asking, like in the UK, asking somebody how much money do you earn? It's like there are not many questions you could ask somebody that would be more offensive than that question. Like, I would, maybe I, how much you weigh. You could almost ask that before you ask the money question. That's how uncomfortable it is. So, um, yeah, it's interesting how I think why about the US and my experience is. I'm like you very much um, have, you know, I was kind of raised on the US personal development um, circuit, if you like. And in that environment, I'm very comfortable talking about money around my world, my clients. I am. But then you put me in the environment I grew up in and it's very, very different. That's so true. Well, actually, what I find with a lot of Americans is because they and it depends on where they're from. Right. There's massive regional differences for sure. Um, the hustle culture goes a little bit too far. So then when you sort of say to Americans, well, you know what, it's allowed to be easy or you can um, work to your personality, work to your strengths. It's almost like, no, no, I have to just work for the sake of working. So that's when I see people 
reinvent the wheel, um, try and do it all themselves, you know, like that real individualism kind of culture. And so it's always the same. It's just different sides of the coin. And what I found really fascinating too, even talking about regional differences, I was talking to someone from Philadelphia and they had a very similar culture to where I am here in Newcastle, which is very similar to Newcastle, UK. You know, it's an ex coal town, ex-steel town, you know, even the wealthiest people here, you know, they, they're dressing in board shorts. No one's allowed to be too fancy, right? And they were saying the same thing of like, I, I have to be really like down to earth and humble and aware of my roots and, and I can't get too big for my boots. So it's, it's just really fascinating. And, you know, if you were to even look at different industries, so I love this is one of my favorite things. I love going and talking to different industries about their collective money mindset. So I'll go speak to like a dance teachers association. And we talk about, you're allowed to love what you do, but you're not allowed to get paid for it. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's for the children. It's for the love of dance. And then I was um, talking to the construction industry. That was a fun one. And that was very much like, I'm going to get on the tools and work just as hard as my youngest apprentice because I don't want to, you know, I don't want my men to think I'm too good for them. Um, and that's really fascinating. And so it really is, I always talk, call this money work, it's excavation work. And sometimes the ground's really hard and rocky and you don't want to look at it. Other times it's a little bit easier. But what some people think is that they have to have everything cleared before they're allowed to make money. But the truth is sometimes you just dig a little and you find this little golden nugget and you're like, I'm allowed to make money now with all my faults and all my things. And then you dig a little bit more. And you know what? I'm a multimillionaire. I, I made my first million dollars eight years ago. I have to work on my money mindset all of the time because it's messy. But I'm constantly finding those gold nuggets. And now I come from it from a place of curiosity rather than blame and just going, wow, what an interesting new nuance, you know, finding, I was talking to someone who's from, her parents are Lebanese. I was like, great, we're finding new nuances all the time. Um, and so when you can come at it from that place of there's nothing wrong with me, it's just excavation work mm -hmm. and there's some juicy nuggets in here, then then that's really fun. Yeah, and, and you know what? What I love most about you is that you're um, humble enough to say that you're still a work in progress. Um, I was on your website yeah. with some of your recent posts and stuff, and you, you did a whole article about how you and Mark, your husband, nearly tanked your most recent launch because some of your patterns and archetypes and traits got in the way and prevented you from having the success. I don't know many people in our industry that are as open and transparent as you are around this stuff, and I, I think that's... That's certainly refreshing and one of the reasons why I'm really excited to have you coming over um, to speak at Expert Empires. So, look, I could literally just ask you questions and learn <laughs> from you all day. I often And ditto, because we haven't even dug into yours, right? And I'll have some probing questions. Actually, can I ask you one question before we, we go off? Because yeah. I've been asking this to a lot of people and I find it's really telling sometimes to our money mindset. Um, tell me about your school shoes growing up. <laughs> tell me about your school shoes well I'll tell you that is a great question as well um, 
I'll tell you about my school shoes. And then the question I thought you were going to ask me was the question that I ask a lot of people is um, when you think about where you grew up, like the house you grew up in, what was the dominant belief around money? I often ask that question. Oh, um, so so school shoes. You start then. So school shoes. Tell me about your school shoes. Um, the uh, it depends how what age you're looking at, but I was the most memorable for you. Yeah, I was always I always had to have like whatever the trendiest school shoes were, and my mum, single parent, quite a successful career, would always buy me them. And so consequently, and I'll tell you the answer that I give to my own question, what's the predominant or the dominant belief um, that you grew up with around money, as was, and this was like a mantra in our household, it, it originated from my grandfather, money is for spending. Oh, and yeah. There's plenty more where that came from. So wow. well, so very good at like attracting money, and I always have been quite good at sales and generating income, but terrible until probably the last six or seven years, terrible at keeping hold of it because I was spending it all the time. Um, so that so you know there were some positive um, there were definitely some positives that came from that upbringing around money, but there were definitely some negatives as well. Um, what what do you read into the whole school shoe thing? I'm fascinated now. Well, even just hearing that about you know, instant gratification. Um, it's, a, it's a really interesting, uh, like the, the romantic celebrity um, money archetype, which is about life is meant to be lived. And you know what? It's got nothing to do with how much money you have. Um, you can be poor and grow up with that. You can be wealthy and grow up with that mentality. But I love the fact, you know, I, there's always more money, which is something that I, I live by that mantra. There's always more money. There's always more clients. And it can... Like anything, it can only, it can get dangerous if it becomes a you know spending all your money because there's always more money thing. And it did. Um, and it did. And yeah. I had to. It was only from pain that I addressed that behaviour and stuff. I'm not suggesting I'm perfect now. Far from it. But definitely a lot more um, conservative, probably when it comes to money and investing than I used to be ten years ago. But you know, even that is telling right because some people have that upbringing and it is you know they do perceive it as being quite dangerous so then you see them swing the other way and then they never spend money and they're you know then they become that accumulator personality the scrooge kind of personality and they're so fearful about spending it and so you see sometimes the generational swings with families whenever there's an extreme you know, either people copy it or they completely go the other way and what we're aiming for is like you know, just healthy stability and then with some fun on the top where you can do some little, you know, fun speculative things but without it going to this feast or famine um, kind of scenario. I've heard all sorts of answers to that, to be honest. I've heard people say, oh, I never thought about it. You know, my, my parents just bought the shoes and I just thought, well, that's interesting because sometimes you grow up in an environment where you're not allowed to talk about money, mm. you know, or you people say, I was so aware of the pain of school shoes. You know, I was, um, I heard my parents arguing about school shoes every year. Or you hear people say, I was the baby of the family. I never got new school shoes. Hand me downs. I had yeah. To, yeah, I had to get the hand me downs. For me, I was allowed one pair of school shoes a year. So they're always a little bit too big for like a term. 
they fit for two terms, they were tight for, for a term. And I remember a couple of years ago, I mean, it gets a bit personal, but I had to go buy another a, a bra for a special occasion, right? And it was a bra that had like a really low cut thing for a dress. And But I remember thinking, I already have a beige bra. You're not allowed to have more than, you're not allowed to have multiple things. You have to do like, you know, make do with what you've got. And and even now, like as a multimillionaire, I have to remind myself, you're allowed to have more than one pair of like dark jeans, you know, because I was only allowed to have one of each category kind of thing. And so sometimes I'm like, who the freak do you think you are, you rich, fancy bitch, having like multiple pairs of jeans? And it's like such a weird thing to like to dig into. So that's why that school shoe example is really fascinating because it's not always as clear cut as we think of, oh, we had money or we didn't have money. There's always so many weird little nuances within it, which I find fascinating. And what's really fascinating is like your example with the beige bra, those nuances are still impacting your thoughts, feelings and behaviours today. That is absolutely crazy. And um, this is one of the reasons I'm so excited to have you come over and speak at Expert Empires. Like just this, what, 20 minutes um, has been fascinating to me, I, I think. Those that have watched uh, and that have listened will agree. And I'm really, really excited to learn more from you. And I know our audience will be too, because all we've really done here is scratch the surface. So I'm um, very excited to have you come and speak at Expert Empires. Give us give us a quick overview of what you're going to be sharing um, in your keynote presentation. Yes. Well, I'm going to be talking about um, money mindset through different stages of business. So we've already talked about like different nuances from our childhood. A lot of that stuff will come into, but it's it's really that journey you take from the very start of being business to, you know, that first six figures and to your seven figures and beyond. Because we think, I mean, I still think sometimes there's a one and done solution, right? It's just like, give me the magic pill. It's all done. And it's a journey. So we're going to be talking through that journey um, and it's going to be super, super fun. And I know that we're all going to get some nuances together. Every time I speak, I find a new little gem. So I know we're going to have fun together. And what I think is great in terms of the alignment of what you teach and what I teach is I teach the very practical, strategic, how do you get your business from zero to six figures to seven figures and beyond? And now you're going to teach essentially the same process, but from a money mindset point of view. And and you need both. Like you, I yeah. know that I can teach the structure of how to go from zero to six to seven figures and beyond, but unless the money mindset follows, people are going to fall short and fail. And equally, just the money mindset bit alone without the structure doesn't work either. So I think I think it will be a really good combo. At exactly. Well, it's a good point you said that because I see people, they're just like, I'll oh, just manifest the clients. And I'm like, marketing is manifesting, babe. <laughs> it's like light the abundance candle I'm all about I'm all about that stuff too but it it really is the combination and you know what I really think it just comes down to that thing of why not me I can figure this out um but so much of that is surrounding yourself with people who are in the game monkey see monkey do right that's the biggest thing for my success is I've always been surrounded by people who normalize this conversation of money and success and nothing is beyond any of us, but, but it's really hard to do it 
when you're just at home by yourself. So you have to get in those rooms, you have to listen and sit there. And I did the same thing in my early years. I sat there and I just went, maybe that could be me as well. Um, And it wasn't until I see other people do it, then I just go, oh, yeah, yeah, that's so important. For sure. So um, here's what you need to do. If you want to come along to see Denise LaField Thomas, myself, Joe Wicks, and many other still to be confirmed speakers live at Expert Empires March 2023. Um, depending on when you're watching this video, the chances are, if you're watching it right now, um, that we're not actually officially on sale with tickets yet. So all you'd need to do is click the button somewhere around this video and um, you'll be taken to a page where you can get on the priority registration list. What that means is you'll get first chance to buy tickets at the biggest discount. Um, we also normally give free upgrades to the first hundred people that purchase their tickets so um really the best value um in terms of attending the event will come if you get on the priority registration list and then buy your ticket nice and early so go ahead do that you'll get the best tickets for the very biggest discounts and you'll get to come along meet denise and joe and myself and some other amazing speakers at you know the place that i believe we've built the home of UK-based expert businesses, expert empires. So we will see you in March 2023 at the Hilton Wembley. Cannot wait. Wembley! Wembley, baby. Can't wait to meet in person uh, finally and um, and hang out and uh, get to know you even better. So thanks very much for joining me um, and sharing with me here. And uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Okay, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening to Empire Builders. Please subscribe, leave us a review on Apple, on Spotify, on other platforms, and uh, share the love, tell your friends. Remember, till next time, the more you connect, the more you collect.